Right now in traditional and modern worship, our pastors are focusing on unexpected acts. The Gospel of Luke concludes where Acts begins, and the unexpected acts of changed lives and growing churches mentioned therein are inspirited by the unexpected acts of the resurrected Christ. Our pastor's sermons note the prequels and sequels, the befores and afters of the lives and events captured throughout this book. Today's scripture reading comes from the ninth chapter of the book of Acts. I invite you now to listen for God's word in scripture to speak to you through these words. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, but get up and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, the people who are watching this online did not get to hear that because of copyright laws. So, if you did not hear what we heard here, it went something like this. Isn't that about the same you heard? <laughs> not quite. The, the theme, Star Wars. Well, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, a youngish father and his seven-year-old son saw the first Star Wars movie, and we were wowed. Now, that youngish father was played by me, and that seven-year-old little boy was played by my son, Bailey, who is now well into adulthood. Uh, Princess Leah and Luke Skywalker, um, Han Solo, Darth Vader, and all the game. Uh, little did we know that that great movie would have all kinds of prequels and sequels. It was sort of in the middle of things, and we would learn in the storyline of it all that much had happened before and much happened later. Now, this morning, as uh, Pastor Maggie read and discussed a bit with our uh, youngsters, uh, Paul, Saul, um, let's just call him Paul. He becomes Saul in about Acts 13. 
Saul is the, the Hebrew name in uh, Latin. It's Paul. And as he became more engaged in the rest of the world, which is part of the story, he became Paul. So anyway, Paul has this movie special event conversion, flashing light, a booming voice, we think, and he is certainly shaken and boomed on the ground. This voice of the risen Lord calls him to change to go a totally new direction in his life. So, as momentous as this event is, and it's a momentous one, there was much that happened before and much that happened after. And so today, as we think about uh, the ways that the risen Lord can help us go in the new directions with our lives, as we look back on what's happened in our lives, as we look forward to what might happen. The point I'd like to make today, whether the changes in your lives are movie, special event, or just kind of quiet, the only place in our lives that we can change, the only place in our lives that we can be different, the only way in our lives that we can go in a direction, you know when that can happen? Now. You can't go back. Uh, we can't go forward. We can, but we, we're not there yet. The only place uh, that the risen Jesus can change you and me is right now. And Paul had uh, his prequel, we're told in Acts 7 and Acts 8, uh, how he hounded and uh, uh, persecuted Christians. Uh, we don't know if Paul uh, actually threw the stones at persecuted Christians. We don't know if he actually cracked a whip on the back of those first followers of Jesus. But we know from Acts 8 that he stood and looked and over and held the coats, the cloaks of those who did stone to death St. Stephen, the first uh, Christian martyr. So I think legally he would be complicit for that murder. The point I'm making is that Saul, who became Paul, was a mean cuss. Something happens when the risen Lord says to him, Instead of attacking my uh, new followers, I want you to embrace them. I have a way of loving people who have been rejected. I can love people who are jerks like you, Paul. And by extension, uh, the risen Lord can love people who are jerks like you and me. And so in this amazing chemistry of divine change, it's not totally instantaneous. Uh, Pastor Maggie was talking about later on in the passage that we did not read. Uh, Paul, for a while, uh, can't see. He's probably confused. He is having to have a whole uh, remaking 
a redirection of his life. And it takes help. We can't change by ourselves. That's why we need church and people who love us and put up with us and forgive us. And yet, with that prequel of meanness, uh, this tough, bad guy becomes a tough, good guy. And you can get real confused if you try to figure out the timeline of Paul's journeys and how long he traveled serving the Lord that he once persecuted. Uh, Maybe 15 years, maybe 20 years. What a lot of sequel happened in Paul's uh, final turnaround response. Uh, He travels uh, some Uh, have tried to estimate that Paul, in his travels, in his missionary journeys, he walked by foot at least 10,000 miles. That's like four trips from New York to Los Angeles. I don't think that counts, the the boats he rode on. He he went to cities like Ephesus and Corinth and Athens and Rome and all those others in the book of Acts that we don't quite know where they are and they're not familiar to us. Uh, He writes his profound letters. Uh, The Bible, particularly the New Testament, of course, is about Jesus. But interestingly enough, there is more words in the New Testament about Paul and written by Paul in those 10 to 12 letters than words in the four Gospels, although his words were about Jesus. And so in those amazing letters, Paul writes about how God enables us to move closer to God and turn and and be more caring with each other. He writes about God's grace, not just for some of us, but for all of us. He writes about God's reconciling love. Uh, God was reconciling the world unto God's self in Jesus to overcome the brokenness between God and us, a brokenness between us and each other that we cannot overcome on our own. And how many of us in particularly difficult times of our lives have heard and gone to those words in Paul's uh, letter, the eighth chapter there in Romans I am convinced that nothing in life or death can separate us, ever separate us from God's love in Jesus Christ our Lord. Wow. From tough bad guy to tough good guy. So wherever we are in our lifespan, whether you've had a a, a long uh, prequel or you're just getting started. Uh, whether you, you're, you're forecasting a long sequel or just, you just, you just day by day, who knows? Each and every one of us functionally and practically are in the middle. No matter how old, how young, you are in, I am in the middle of things. The only place the Spirit of God can change me, redirect me, is in the middle of things, in the here and now, between the prequels and the sequels. And what I uh, have uh, chosen to do in the next few days, and I invite you to do this, to just specifically and intentionally think about if the risen Jesus were speaking to me, What would the risen Jesus say to me about uh, what to knock it off? 
and what to start. Uh, I invite you to do that, uh, you know, in an informal way, maybe over your your morning uh, cereal or while you're driving somewhere, you're cutting your toenails. Just think about what is it? What is it? I came up with a few sentences, and these are kind of surface, but they could, there could be more. But here we are. Here's some. Uh, what if the, the Spirit of the risen Christ says to you something like, isn't it time for you to turn around from being a grumpy criticizer of people to being a graceful encourager of people? Wouldn't that be nice? In the days ahead, consider how Jesus might turn you around, turn me around to just more naturally look for the good in people instead of look for the bad in them because we're all mixes of both. Um, What about risen Jesus that could do in you and me what we can't do on? How might Jesus redirect us to become people that others are glad to see coming instead of people that others might kind of say, oh, no, here he comes, here she comes. Uh, What would it mean for the risen Jesus to turn us around from people that our faith and and our our thoughts about what is a Christ-centered life with God and what would that make a difference with people around me in this world? Uh, instead of my religion, my faith being sort of something on the edge, something there on the back burner that I might call on when I get scared or in trouble, but otherwise I don't give it much thought. What difference would it make if our faith became central? I'm not talking about becoming a gooey religious person. I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm just becoming, I'm talking about the, the, the love and the compassion of Christ sort of leading the way we respond to our lives and we respond to one another, not just react to each other. So, uh, let's talk about what I'm calling some portraits of Paul. That one there uh, in his um, conversion, I think, was Caravaggio. Uh, Some of the portraits of Paul, and I'm going to read a uh, word description of Paul that came from a little time after the New Testament period that I had never seen before. But I want you to notice something in this uh, uh, portrayal uh, by the German artist uh, Albrecht Dürer. And if I'm not saying that right, I'm not sure if I got the umlaut uh, pronounced correctly. But what do you notice about Paul? I like the way he looks. Can you see why you, you think that I like the way he looks? The other uh, character there uh, uh, by Durer, Dorier, however you say it, uh, is uh, Peter. Now, he is, is a, a more burly guy, a lot more hair, but we won't hold that against him. The early description of Paul that I had never seen, this dates back, you know, maybe 100 years after Paul, so word of mouth. And here, here's a description, bald-headed, bow-legged, Strongly built, small in size, with meeting eyebrows, and a rather large nose. Now, we've already heard some descriptions of what Paul had been like. He, he was certainly no Mr. Rogers. 
Uh, probably not, uh, not like good old Sheriff Taylor, Andy Griffith, and Mayberry. Uh, I've been sort of playing around with, with uh, Pastor Maggie and Pastor Robert and others and said, you know, if they did Paul the movie, who would they get to play Paul? Well, I came up with Jack Nicholson. You know, he he's usually starts out in the movie as kind of a gruff bad guy, and most of the times he turns into sort of a gruff good guy. Uh, terms of endearment, uh, the bucket list, uh, as good as it gets. We're not going to think about The Shining. That, that doesn't count. <laughs> and yet, uh, we know uh, about Paul like um, Jesus. Paul was a Pharisee. Now, the New Testament gives the Pharisee a pretty bad name, and they deserve it to some point because the Pharisees uh, sometimes became sort of judgmental jerks. But in the, the unfolding of faith, uh, uh, Jew, Jewish uh, uh, faith, uh, the Pharisees were a movement of laity, uh, non-professional people of faith who were committed to uh, finding ways to be faithful in every part of their life, not just on the Sabbath, but every day in the way they ate their food and the way they dressed and the way they uh, did their praying, the way they did their work. And it's just kind of unfortunate that there were some that just went overboard. Uh, I think Mark Twain talked about some people being religious in the worst sense of the word. But technically, Jesus was a Pharisee. Uh, they were laity. You ever heard that phrase that clergy and preachers get paid for being good and that laity and church members have to be good for nothing? <laughs> We're told that Paul was a tent maker by trade. Uh, and that caught my attention this time more than others. Have y'all noticed this great tent back behind our church here? Have you, have you been in it? Well, the week before Easter... Uh, our terrific building team, uh, Al and, and, and Joe and, um, gosh, Fred. How could I forget Fred? He's the lead guy. Fred and Al and Joe, uh, they worked three days to raise that tent. I don't know how long it would have taken Paul. And uh, David Miller came out and helped them. And I went out, and I realized what a struggling they were having. And I said, you know, guys, if there's anything I can say, to help, just tell me, and I'll say it. Uh, I think if Paul had been there, he might have chuckled, but I think he would be proud uh, of our tent guys, uh, of Paul's teachings about grace and faith, each of us a part of the body of Christ, the church, Paul's passion to include all kinds of people in the church, uh, here are a couple of ways in these moments that we have before we go to the Lord's table to think about uh, a couple of ways that Paul helps us make these life turns. Uh, there is first what I'm calling a tale of two yous and me. In, in Romans 7, see there, he's got a little hair there. Uh, in Romans 7, Paul has this incredible honesty and says, the good that I want to do, I don't always do. Uh, the bad that I don't want to do, I do. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory in Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying we have uh, schizophrenia or split personalities. Not saying it at all. But have you ever noticed there's at least two 
of us in each of us. There is the I and there's the me. There's the I that sometimes wants to be a nice guy, that wants to uh, do good things, that wants to make a good impression. And then there's the me that sometimes acts like a jerk, that gets scared or gets mad and blurts out stuff I shouldn't say and is chickens out when I should act to, to, to be uh, for good things and to take up for folks. And then sometimes the I becomes sort of a, a control freak. I just want to keep the, the lid on things and just, you know, uh, be in charge, that control thing. And then that's when me goes all playful. It wants to have fun and be joyful. Thank God for the risen Lord who helps us do the dance of I and me, uh, to do the turning around of our lives. Uh, we have to somehow let uh, the risen Lord make the two of us become one of us. The other passage that comes to my mind is from Paul's uh, letter to the Philippians. Uh, uh, through Acts and other places, we, we find out about how Paul was shipwrecked and he's been uh, chased out of town and he's been whipped and he's been uh, hungry. He has uh, had all sorts of things that he called it a, a, a thorn in the flesh, some uh, chronic physical thing maybe in migraines or typhoid or or something we're not sure and that how he's had to learn to live with these things and he's that, that magnificent passage in, in philippians 4 he says you know i've i've had it bad and i've had it good i've had a lot and i haven't had much i've had a lot to eat and i've been hurt i have learned that i can face all conditions uh, by the strength that christ gives me and so as we try to, to live on that island of the now and, and turn in the way that the Spirit enables us to go that we couldn't do on our own, uh, that contentment. Now that kind of contentment, that's not what you say to other people who are really hungry or really being beat up by life. That's what we say to ourselves, all of us just about, who have not only enough, but most of us have surplus galore. Uh, find a way to be content. Be a person of joy. Be a person people are glad to see coming. Be a person who comes to find ways to make things work, not to a person that comes to tell people uh, what they already know about what's not working. So, uh, in uh, the moving of this time, uh, there's a lot more to say, and I won't say it, and, and you'll be glad but what I would say, and I want to just, I'm, I'm being a little playful, but I'm also serious. I want us to imagine that uh, we're hearing the risen Christ speak in the voice of Darth Vader. Okay, here it comes. Saul, Saul, I am your Savior. Knock it off turn around. And by the way, you folks at Asbury, you too. Amen.